Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Sue, a visual artist. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks so much for joining us. On the Path, which is the name for our personal witchcraft practices, we've spent a great deal of time discussing what we believe and why. These conversations led to the writing of a book full of information about our tradition. We call these thoughts kernels because they are the start of much bigger ideas. We thought we'd share some of these with you, so... Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is genus loci. On the path, we have learned to connect and work with the genus loci, aka spirits of place. These are the spirits of the land or other natural features whose energy can lend itself to a ritual or spell working if it chooses to do so. It can also be a man-made place, such as a cemetery or other monument, important public buildings that are part of a city such as a skyscraper, or even where some important historical event took place, such as a battlefield. The energy accumulates over time from the use or remembrance of humans. The energy of a genus lifestyle may choose to work with you or warn you away if it is uncomfortable with humanity. A genus lifestyle may have developed extremely negative perceptions of people based on ecological damage or warfare. It is important to develop relationships with your own spirits of place before asking them to work with you and lend their energy to any type of working. A good way to start is to offer some type of libation, such as water, as a gift thanking the genus loci for being there. By spending time maintaining a site, such as your outdoor ritual space if you have one, or cleaning up litter from a cemetery or public park, you can continue to foster a positive interaction between you and the spirits of the land. Eventually, they may give you an indication if they choose to work with you. We believe you cannot choose to summon any type of energy you may wish to work with. It doesn't work out well at all. Making a polite request for assistance if they choose to offer it is how we ask for aid in our workings. Also, thanking any energies we work with when we are finished is not only basic politeness, but an acknowledgement that their energies have assisted us and that we could not have accomplished our purpose successfully without them. Okay, a couple of episodes ago, we introduced an overview of some of the energies we work with, and we talked about a little bit about what they are and how we view energy in general. And now we've gone into episodes that are concerned with some of the more specific energies. Last one was the five elements. And now today we're going to talk about the genus loci. And as we say, AKA spirits of place. Spirits of place. To me, there are kind of two different types or maybe categories, mostly, of genus mm-hmm. loci. There's ones that are associated with natural things, rivers, lakes, places, you know, land, it's the land itself, caves, mountains, all of that, natural features. And then one whose energy has kind of 
generated over time by something people have done. We built a big building here and lots of people go in and out of it. So there is a spirit of place there. Um, oh, exactly. Um, the monument for 9-11. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the, the what sure. the genus loci must feel like there? Well, when you think about it, those kinds are... More or like you said before, battlefields too. I think, and in, in essence, we think of them as like guardians of mm-hmm. a particular place. They maintain the energy of the spot. They have distinct, I think each one has different energies and different characteristics too, depending on where you are. And as you said, and as you said, when it's like a monument or a battlefield, for instance, mm-hmm. the will be very different than say that of just a public building, like a tall sky, like the Empire State Building, which is a public building. So I, we've invested a lot of energy into it. So mm-hmm. there's a slow size there. And I tend to believe that certain genus loci, just like people are effective, affected positively or negatively with their interactions with other people, so are genus loci. If mm-hmm. we scarred the land with energy because we've killed how many people like Gettysburg? Thousands oh. people in a spot. I don't picture the genus loci as being necessarily welcoming to people. When they show up and say, oh, we want to work with you. And I don't, and I think that's okay. I think those genus loci are like that for a particular reason. You know, they're there to to maintain, for want of a better word, the sanctity and remembrance of the horror that happened there. Mm-hmm. And that is their purpose. And they are not necessarily going to be happy and polite and say, a lake you know, to give you energy to work with. And we talk about often healing the land because we have polluted so many places. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the genus loci there have a real negative perception of people. And while we can do spells to heal the land itself, we can clean up, you know, if it's a public full of garbage, you know, trash, we can go around and clean up and help maintain it. But I don't think we can influence how the genus loci is affected by our efforts. That's on well, that's on their particular energy. It's like you can send healing energy to a person and whether they accept it or not or use it in ways that you think they might is up to the person. And I think it's the same thing with the genus loci. Exactly. But I think the the intention cannot be downplayed. You know, it might take hundreds of years mm-hmm. of people showing up and offering healing and offering understanding and trying to, you know, it's like I, one of the one of the authors that I was reading is uh, her descendants or her she's descended from uh, Portuguese. And she says, you know, I don't have to tell you with colonialism, there's an awful lot of pain that my ancestors have inflicted, you know, over different areas of the world. And there's a lot of healing that needs to be done there Mm -hmm. for the ancestors and for the land itself. 
Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, looking at it from that way, from a historical point of view. Well, sure. When you talk about it, though, it is a generational project at that point. Yes. And where I'm coming from, I think, is we can't go in and do a quick spell. Oh, I'm going to heal the planet right here in this spot and expect instant magical results, which as patient humans, somehow we seem to think is appropriate. Yeah. You know, and, and believe me, the genus loci will. Yeah, that's much more bewitched than it is reality. Exactly. And believe me, the genus loci will give you a signal that, yes, we're here and yes, we're around and yes, we're happy you're come to do ritual here or yes, mm-hmm. we do our energies or basically get the away from me tonight, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And I think that's okay. It's a very, as when we talk about these energies. Well, yeah, that's your, that's your intuition. You, anything that you are, that in your way, you're developing your craft you're also learning to listen to those things. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting when you, in the very beginning, you made the distinction between natural and man-made. And I have noticed living in Rochester by the, the high falls and also, you know, some of that, there are areas where it's a man-made um, dam. Well, it's not a dam. I'm not sure what they call it up there, but it's man-made so they can open it and close it. So the water rushes sometimes and sometimes it's very calm, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's the water energy and you get that elemental Mm -hmm. strength and power and force. And it's almost like a combining of the two. I love areas like that. We've got a few of them around town. Yes, we do. And I would agree with that. And it's like the energy in your backyard, which is a natural thing because you have your gardens and your trees and all of that. But we have, in essence, turned it into a very sacred spot because (laughs) think about the countless numbers of rituals we've done out there. Yes. That we have altered... Not, I don't think this, I don't think we've altered the spirit of place so much as enhanced it in that spot. Yeah, I don't think altered, but I think awoken to an extent that is not seen in many other places. Well, if you think about it, Dave just said this the other day. Do you realize that you and Elizabeth have been meeting twice a month for fifteen years? Yeah, see, this is it. No wonder our backyard is so awake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of developing those relationships with genus loci. Yes. It has to be consistent. You mm-hmm. can show, and we were talking about, you know, developing that awareness by offering a basic libation of water to start with. Yes. Okay. You can't just show up once or twice. And right. Libation and then disappear for months on end and then come back and expect it to be welcoming and open and excited to see you in that. No, but I also agree that you can show up once. And if you get the feeling like you're just not feeling welcomed, Mm -hmm. try somewhere else. Exactly. This is, this is part of it. And I think this is where the practice of witchcraft comes back into Mm -hmm. play where it's, it's a craft of doing 
and doing consistently, even when you're not necessarily in the mood. You know, because as you said, meeting twice a month for 15 years, we both know there have been times when you've been really excited and up for ritual and I'm kind of dragging along behind you and the reverse. Yes. And there are times when we're both like, hmm, and we sit there and we do something quiet, but we do something. Yes. And that is, I think that's part of developing your practice is recognizing that there are highs and lows and it still sustains. Right. And that I'm so grateful that as soon as COVID started, we immediately found a workaround so that we could still do everything that we wanted to mm-hmm. remotely. Yeah. See, this is it. I think too, it has established connections with people who practice in very different parts of the world that would not necessarily have developed pre-COVID oh, yeah. because so many more people are online and looking for like-minded people to have discussions with or listen to their podcasts or do ritual online. And it's different. Doing ritual in person and doing ritual online is different. You can't say they're exactly the same, but they are still ritual. They still generate energy, sometimes Mm -hmm. energy, depending on what you're trying to do, you know, and, and there have been times when you can put out a request to people that, you know, saying we're doing ritual in such and such a time, can you support with energy? And they, they are, and you know, that energy comes through. Oh, and you can feel it. Oh, sure. So that there is a, a a net that is very similar in a ways to the internet, that where energy flows, I think. And I think that's part of learning to work yeah. with energies. It's the witch net. It's the witch net as opposed to the internet. Yes. like it, 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 And it's interesting the different kinds of communities and perspectives you can develop that way. I think mm-hmm. that being a witch is being open to other people practice it differently and why and how does it work for you? You know, and, and all of those ways are acceptable. I think that's the big pace. We have heard from some of our listeners who appreciate what we are talking about in our segments, but are asking for spells or about spells. Can you give me a spell for this or that? I want to be able to fill in the blank here, find love, romance, money, etc. Since you asked, we are adding a small segment to some of our podcasts going forward that we are calling Practical Magic for the Everyday Witch. These are simple spells we use that don't require a lot of ingredients for correspondences or sometimes no ingredients at all. Because we like to be able to use magic to deal with the practical everyday stuff, this is what we have to share. However, the biggest reminder about spellcraft is that the best spells are the ones you create for yourself because they are a part of your own magic. Actually, there are three important components to any spell. Number one is setting your intent. This means that you need to be able to state clearly and precisely what you want your spell to do and how you want it to be done. 
Number two is ingredients. Any physical items you need to cast your spells, such as candles or herbs, or to act as correspondences, which are representations of something physical that you don't have right in front of you or are trying to come up with or manifest. Finally, number three is some sort of way to raise energy. After all, all spells are powered by energy, and there are a number of different ways to raise this type of energy, including chanting or various movements. With that being said, today's spell deals with basic car protection. Let's go through what you need to protect your car. As far as intent goes, most of us are dependent on our cars for transportation to work, school, shopping, picking up kids, etc., etc., etc. And is it important that it continues to be mechanically sound and that we get to where we need to go without having an accident or creating extra stress for ourselves? A statement of intent might be, my car will run and get me safely to where I need to go. Feel free to write your own intent for any spell we offer. However, it should be in the present tense and be direct and to the point. The only ingredient you need for this spell is your key fob or car keys. You are empowering the spell to activate every time you turn your car on to go somewhere. So it makes sense to link it to what you actually use to start your damn car. Now, state your intent out loud while holding your fob or keys in your hand. Now chant the following spell until you feel you have raised enough energy, then blow the energy into your keys. If I drive completely stress-free, I get to my destination safe as can be. Once you have blown into your keys while still holding them in your hand, Say out loud that every time you turn on your car, the protection is activated. In other words, every time I turn on my car, the protection is activated. That's all there is to it. Now you can drive with more peace of mind. Witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. In today's spotlight, we'll be looking at the witch stone Spring Equinox. Concrete stones focus on a specific physical energy rather than a concept. And the next four concrete stones link the four sabbats together, which are used in the practice of the craft. The second sabbat is the spring equinox, which displays a pictograph of a red arrow pointing up from a black half circle. The arrow shows the movement of the energy from balance towards more light. For those of us who walk the path, which is what we call our spiritual practice, each Sabbath is associated with a change in the focus of the solar energy. Spring equinox marks the calendar date for the start of the season of spring. The path considered it one of the two points of balance during the year because the day and night are of equal length. This marks the start of the light half of the year, which will peak at mid-summer solstice. 
Spring Equinox's magical correspondences include balance, leading to light, and expanding physical awareness, changes in attitude and purification, creativity and planning, and a shift from an internal to an external focus. The scene energy for the Spring Equinox Stone in a reading is balance, outward focus, and cleansing. Balance may mean working to find a way to use both the mundane and the magical most effectively right now in, in your life. Outward focus may involve turning your attention more to projects and activities that link you to the external world. Cleansing may mean that you have or are about to wash something out of your life. The unseen energy for the spring equinox stone in a reading is need for balance, adjustment of focus, and cluttered. Need for balance may mean you have figured out that balancing various aspects of your life requires more effort at this time. Adjusting focus may be needed to take a closer look at something or turn your attention in another direction. Cluttered may ask you to clear your thoughts or clean up a personal mess and move on. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's witchy tip are the top five car spells for safety and protection. Number one, don't make yourself invisible to get through traffic. In fact, don't ever make yourself invisible in a moving car. Better to focus on the movement. See the traffic as a flock of birds all flying together. They don't run into each other and it's like a beautiful ballet. Or if you're pushing your luck with your speed, you can have the radar go through your car and not register it. Much safer than trying to make yourself invisible. Number two, click of the seatbelt. Every time I get into my car and fasten my seatbelt, a safe driving spell unfolds. The click of the seatbelt is my audio cue that the spell is in place. It contains positive affirmations about those around me driving safely, my intentions for safe travel, and a bubble of protection energy that surrounds the car and myself. Number three, are we there yet? When you're putting on your seatbelt and starting your car, it's not too early to start thinking about a parking spot for when you get to your destination. If that destination is known to you, you can easily picture where the best parking would be for this occasion. If it's a new location, you can clearly state your intentions that you wish to find ample parking with safe walking from car to location. Number four, alarm at last sight. This one helps most at busy shops and or at the mall. As you're walking away from your car at the last line of sight, 
of your car. Beep the car alarm one last time. This makes a double check so that it's activated, but it also gives you the perfect last view of your car's location. Remember any landmarks, cart returns, trash cans, things that won't move before you get back. When you're finished shopping, you can now hopefully remember exactly where you parked. And number five, energy snowplow for wildlife. I live in upstate New York, more cows and deer than people in many places. In the spring and fall, the odds of hitting a deer on a dark back road go up astronomically. Before I pull out into traffic on my way, I imagine a snowplow of energy about a quarter of a mile up the road from me, gently pushing away any and all wildlife to stay out of the road until I safely pass by. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday, but you can find us on our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, young crones, all one word. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. And our Twitter handle is at two young crones. Check out our merch at our Teespring store. We also have a Patreon account called the Young Crones Cafe, where you can support the podcast if you enjoy our efforts. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedgewalkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. We are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be.